perfect picture Pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head And open up your eyes So listen close This one is for my brother Here we're back with the Juby Take I'm Steve I'm Adam And with us tonight Sitting at the outside studios At Juby One Studios With a fire Is Marie It's beautiful out here people Hey Marie Hi How are you doing? Great It's nice to have you Thank you for having me It's been me a back. little bit. It has been a little bit. It's one of my favorite places in the whole world. So there's always an invitation out, and uh, we will be getting more Huber uh, input into the podcast this year because we have some things planned with Alex and, uh, and certainly with Marie and any of the other Hubers we can get on because uh, I think Sylvie would be just killer we all know they have great insight i i must say max killed it on the shark podcast he did oh my <laughs> gosh i mean he just like he was prepared still one of my favorite guests yes. yeah yeah he did he did real good on that podcast it was awesome okay so tonight we're gonna talk about the beach another one of my favorite places in the whole world <laughs> Okay, that sounded like a hurricane. <laughs> it was like the waves. Oh, that was the waves. waves. That was the beach. I was trying okay. to like beach. I, Joe's not here with the soundboard, so I figured I'd try yeah. to. Well, thank God for that. Create that. Transported me. I was right there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I was gonna hang on to a palm tree because I thought I was in Florida in the middle of. I was surfing, man. One I don't of the know big what you were doing. Okay. I was beach combing. Beach That's combing. what I do at the beach. Okay, so the beach. Now I grew up on the beach. So I have a lot of stories from, you know, a pretty young age, I think first grade on yeah, through high school. And then all of the years after the Oregon beach also, you know, we have experience in the California beach, right. some horrendous stories about that. But, uh, and then also some of the Caribbean. Yeah. Some of the uh, Caribbean beach. So there's a lot of different things. We first started talking about this possibly being a topic the one thing that i thought about was the sand barefoot on the beach yeah and the sand between your toes every beach is different but that's always the constant yeah no not well i guess there's some that just have rocks but we're not going to talk about them well yeah well some of my memories of being at oregon beaches are i remember being at one and i'm not going to remember the names of these beaches because i was younger but with just black rocks covering the entire beach Yeah. And that was a a totally different experience than walking around with your feet in the sand. Right. But that's impressive in itself. So, yeah. Right. You know, and there's, you know, up around Agate Beach is kind of that way. And then up by the the lighthouse where you go down and uh, all the tide pools, you know, and it's basically all rock. And walking around there is totally different. You know, the sandy beach... Uh, one thing that's I never really thought about it that much growing up, but the sand comes in and goes out depending on the time of year. Right. We experienced a lot of that in the Caribbean, you know, and in the beach that we were at in Barbados. Right. Yeah. That little sandy area that was that kind of gave us a walkway out uh, into the reefs. It's quite surreal because it quickly dissipated at the, the last couple of days that we were there. It was almost like you didn't realize what you had until it was gone. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I, they should write a song. But then, <laughs> anyway, 
But then it became a, a coral reef that we could go and swim around in, which. Right. Well, the coral was reef was there and, and, you know, you could walk out through that sand yeah. that was right in front. But that first week, the Caribbean was like a lake, yeah. you know, on mm-hmm. the west side of the island. And so there was nothing, there was no turbulence in the water. And we snorkeled day after day after day. And then the second week, there were two or three days where the waves came up. Right. And we actually took the sea the, kayaks yeah, out. Yeah, we got the boats out. and You know, the kayaks and we rode the waves in and that. And that turbulence is what washed that sand away. You know, that, mm-hmm. that for me will always be one of the, the, the craziest things about that trip. Um, and one of the craziest experiences I've had at a beach was, I mean, it was made for us. It was made for that trip, that, that little strip of sand and, and coming in. I I've yeah. talked about it before, right. not yeah. on podcast or I'm, maybe I have, but, um, to, to have that strip, to be able to experience the snorkeling for the first part of the trip and then, you know, moving later on in it when we almost were done with snorkeling you know right. i think we were kind of like all right you know adam's sunburnt he's in the bed up there <laughs> and everyone else yeah. is you know taking turns riding with turtles and then <laughs> you know it was like all right we're done with this let's move on to our you know sea kayaks it that evolved. we have up here and it evolved for our trip it was Absolutely. just so perfect and that was really cool yeah that was really cool and, and the interesting thing the sand there was very coarse as opposed to the sand that i was used to you know on the oregon right. coast which is very fine right yeah, that's true. I guess I didn't really think about that before. Yeah, it was. It was very coarse sand. Uh, I just, you know, growing up, going down to the beach, and we, you know, we lived right on the ocean, our house was. And what's different now than what it was back then is that back then there was a lot of logging going on in Oregon, and they would float the logs down the rivers to the mills. And a lot of big logs got away from him and went out into the ocean and came back in. So I remember there were huge logs all the time That's on the beach. That's interesting. I've yeah. never heard that story before. Hmm. So I remember as a kid going down and, and running along the logs and there would be probably 10 or 15, 20 feet, 30 feet of logs that had been washed right up against the hill. So did they come collect them? No. Out off the beach? No, they would just leave them? And no, they just leave them. Would it be out there long enough to be driftwood? Well, that's what it was. It, 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 it became up. driftwood. Yeah. The fun thing about that is the logs would, you know, it, it's, the waves would bring them in and just kind of throw them. And so there would be little pockets and little places where you could climb down and get out of the wind. And, you know, because some of these were, you know, three, four, foot logs in diameter yeah that's pretty cool and then of course you know having that driftwood to make you know fires on the beach mm-hmm. and some of the big logs you know you'd basically build a fire and it would burn into the log and you'd make a little fireplace so that's what i remember when i was a kid you know and it's just 15 20 years ago there just isn't that anymore yeah, there's just I've not that much wood that. on the beach Mm-hmm. Would you consider that a good thing? Or I mean, it takes away some of those memories, some of those things you could do, but maybe it creates different things you can do on the beach or just, it's not like you need a lot of space up there. You know, that you, we talked about, you, we have some experience in California. We just, I don't necessarily, I think you do. And, and something you said about it was that, you know, well, I don't know if it was you, but it's, there's people like it's towel to towel. 
Oh yeah, it's just packed with gets, people. Oh, that's how California is. Yeah, yeah. it's just right. it's, it's and there's there's no there's with. no wood. I mean, if you want to have a fire on the beach in California, you got to bring your own wood. Yeah, you bring your you know, pallets. Yeah, well, out or and there's the beaches out in California that are made for that. That's where everybody goes to just lay out on the beach. And when we went to the beach there, I wanted to beach comb. So we went to a less populated area yeah. that didn't have that nice flat area that you could go. So we just went and walked along and had driftwood and glass and seashells. I mean, there was so much stuff out there that you could just look through. And But Oregon doesn't, I mean, it's too cold to have that kind of, you know, side to side. And a lot of people just aren't hanging out on the beach and just all day. Oh, so, I mean, the, yeah. the no. driftwood not being there, it almost takes away. I don't know. You know, again, I'm thinking like not it not being there would add to being able to hang out on the beach, but, or what good would it be? Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's I, you know, I, I miss that, you know, I miss the wood and the logs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that we do have a beverage that we brought out today that is actually, uh, was a gift to me from the Caspers. Again, once you hear about the Caspers again, <laughs> and this is a rum that is made in Cannon Beach, Oregon, and it's quite good. It's very smooth. So we're going to have a little sip, uh, for yeah. Oregon. Cheers. It's very smoky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good sip on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. good. Yeah. So one of the other things that I remember, and it's interesting because the beach where I grew up, Nye Beach in Newport, Oregon, a lot of the rocks, and there were, you know, gigantic rocks that were as big as a garage small house <laughs> and they're sandstone so oh, really the, yeah the constant erosion uh of the waves uh they're not there anymore yeah you know there was one that was uh just north about a couple hundred yards from our house and it was called whale rock because it looked like a whale interesting and we used to climb up on it and it was you know four to six feet it kind of varied in height and was probably about 35 or 40 feet long and it's gone interesting Just the erosion wow. you know washed it away and i don't know if you guys remember in barbados the mushroom shaped rocks on the uh oh yeah on the eastern side of the island when we went on the uh the jeep trip and that's what that is is just the erosion washes the base away so you know oh right yeah those rocks are gigantic also yeah water is super unforgiving when it comes to landforms i mean it'll push its way through anywhere and especially sandstone that's a really right it's it's not uh you know it's not that solid right but those rocks and and what makes me think of that is there were a bunch of rocks down by whale rock and around that as uh tide and as it would go out it would wash the sand away from the base of those rocks mm-hmm. and then the water would recede and there would be water left around the rock like a little moat yeah basically and then the sun would hit that and that was the only warm water that you could find on the beach at oregon <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> so not we warm used, up there at all we used to go swimming in those <laughs> that's interesting never knew about those no, I don't think I've ever done that. I remember one of my favorite field trips was going out to the tide pools that was out in 
in the beach in Oregon and we would regularly go because it was an hour and a half away from Eugene and it was you know just a bus drive over there so it was a regular thing that we would go and and uh it's definitely something with my kids that I want to take them to go see tide pools. I mean, that's something that I got a trip to the beach for Christmas because it's something that I just absolutely love and always want to go and do. I'm always in the mood to go to the beach and going and doing tide pools and beach combing and yeah, and tide pools are, are great. They're just little miniature ecosystems, you know, and they have to be yeah. self-contained and to a certain extent, obviously you have extra water coming in, but, um, it's a super cool thing to go in and, and check those out and all the different creatures and different things that kind of get trapped in there and that are within arm's reach. It seems like exactly. It's like the closest you can get to an underwater ecosystem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun. And I have a kid that loves marine biology. So yeah. that's, that's going to be something we'll do in the future for sure. Well, you know, and one of the fun things that I always like to, when you, when you stand on the, the edge of the surf and you wiggle your toes and you sink into the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I always thought that was awesome. I always love that. It, it reminds me kind of of that oobleck that you can make now with cornstarch where if you have it in a bowl and you punch it, it's solid. But if you put your fingers in it and pick it up it slides all over your hands like slime kind of yeah and it's kind of that same concept where if you're standing you know you run along wet sand you're not going to sink into it but like you said if you kind of stand there and are still kind of like quicksand you can kind of wiggle your way down underneath it right it's unique marie you were mentioning uh was it uh, with tide pools and visiting that what was it you said like sea or beach what Beach combing. Combing. What is that? Explain that to me. So beach combing is um, when the tide comes in, it brings in driftwood and shells and all kinds of little goodies, rocks and everything. And it kind of like leaves it up at where the highest tide comes in. So it's up kind of up by the cliffs or wherever in Oregon. That's what I'm used to. So um, so it'll kind of be up high on the beach. And you walk along and basically scan the beach for any kind of treasures. Yeah. And it's just called beach combing. So you go out and, and, and the last time that I was at the beach was California beach near LA. And we went there for a hockey tournament and the kids were little and Sylvia was in a stroller and I left Chad with three kids down by the water. And I don't think I looked up from the beach combing that I was doing for like an hour. <laughs> just so I into just it. was just lost and totally zoned out. That's cool. Yeah. One thing I remember, um, I just, I guess I didn't really understand that or never heard the name before, but, um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You've done it. Yeah, yeah. totally have. I mean, I remember uh, one of the favorite things to look for were the sand dollars up in Oregon and, yes. and, and being able to find the, the full sand dollar because they were those broken ones and you could find those almost anywhere all the time. But it's yeah. just finding that perfect sand dollar. And once you found that, like, you could die. You could, you're could you fine. You could never go to another beach and you'd be all right. And the treasures at each beach are different. You know, up in Oregon, sand dollars are huge. And finding driftwood up there is another big thing. And sea glass is another right. huge thing in Oregon. Well, when we went to California, that beach, they had regulations right on the sign that said you can't bring 
anything home with you. Right, that you it's can't just, take anything off the beach. Exactly, kind of leave it the way you found it kind of thing. And so there was just a ton of beautiful shells and rocks with shells inside of them. You know, you shake them and there's literally shells inside of the rocks. Right. All kinds of cool things that they have at, um, out at the beach that we went to near L.A. That was really a neat experience for beachcombing anyway, because it's it's not picked through. There's not been a ton of people out there. Well, that was, you know, again, growing up, that was always a big thing. You know, beachcombing was, you know, everybody did it because really what you have is is everything is wiped clean twice a day. Right. You know, as each tide, that each comes tide in. comes in, mm-hmm. you know, and it brings in things. And, and back when when I was a kid, it was very common to find uh, glass floats. Mm-hmm. The spheres. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, were basically the they came from Japan. Oh, really? Yeah, because they would use, they would make these glass balls and use them for floats on their nets. Yeah, and they have, don't they have like ropes around them at times and yeah. things? Yeah, yeah. that Ab- were just like tied off the Absolutely, boats. and that, yeah. that was very common back in those days. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing them at Grandma's house. I mean, I right. remember, yeah, I remember them just hanging around. So, yeah, that was, you know, that was something you just never knew when you went out, you know, each day, you know, and the high tide would come in and then it would go to low tide and you'd go out and just wander around. You never know what you would find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever the ocean, you know, brought in, you know, that was always fun. One of the other things you guys remember when we'd go to the beach, when we'd go to Rocky point in Mexico. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, Those are, those are some of my favorite beach memories. That's for sure. Talk about talk about a filled beach, <laughs> blanket to blanket out there. Those those beaches were packed. They well, did. They got more more packed. I think as the years went on, as we started to do it more and more. Well, you know where we stayed. We were on Sandy Beach, and you know we would go with friends at different times, or we'd just go by ourselves. And the thing that I always set when we would go, because the beach is kind of unique down at Rocky Point and Sandy Beach because there's there's a sand part way up, you know, close to the, the condos. But then as you go further out, it got very flat. Right, yeah. So I always would set up our trips based on the highest tide of the summer. So I'd look at the mm-hmm. tide charts and see when the highest tides were and then also an afternoon tide. So I'm going to have to tap into your ability to read tide charts. Mm-hmm for our next trip to the beach because I want to make sure that we can see tide pools and do the whole experience and, and make it what it can be. Cause I explaining the beach to my kids, cause we've been talking about it recently yeah. since I have this trip coming up that it kind of scares them a little bit. They're like, okay, you know, I don't want to go anywhere near that open ocean water. <laughs> I'm like, well, the thing is, is you got to understand that, you know, both of my parents grew up at the beach and they both taught me, uh, both of my parents grew up at the beach and they both taught me beach safety. Yeah. I know exactly what to teach you and how to, you know, be careful and safe at the beach. You don't have to worry. Did uh, did mom ever tell you about her friend when she grew up? Uh, she had a, a friend or an acquaintance that actually um, died at the beach. They uh, She got pulled out by a riptide. 
And yeah, riptides are the only things that scare me, and that's for a good reason, because both of my parents taught me about riptides. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Up in Oregon, I'm sure that they're very prevalent. Well, yeah. I mean, riptides, you, get, you have to be careful of that. And, and you, yeah, you just have to be aware. You, know, well, you don't, a, want, you don't uh, want to go swimming when the tide's going out. Right, which a riptide is when the tide is going out at the bottom of the water, so your feet get pulled right. out so underneath it's a, you. Right, it's a, it's a different phenomenon than just the tide going out. Right, yeah. But yeah, you always want to be in the ocean, especially in the Pacific, when it's uh, coming in. Yeah. You know, as opposed to going out. Because, mm. you know, you can stand in two feet of water, and you would think, you know, if you're a person that's, that's six feet tall and two feet, I mean, what's that going to do? But two feet of water can, can pull you under. A lot of power behind it if it's it amazing. moving. It's really amazing. So, yeah, you know, when we go to Rocky Point, that was always the fun part is, you know, we get the awnings, you know, that you rent oh, for yeah. the day for 20 bucks. <laughs> right. And you'd set them up where you thought high tide was going to be, or you'd have the guy set them up, you know, where the tide's going to come in. I, I love the fact that when Zach Brown and the Zach Brown band did toes uh, in the wa- toes 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 in the water, you know yeah. toes, and uh, you know is the tide going to reach my chair? Yeah, and we would mm-hmm. set and and this is years before that song came out, but we would set our chairs based on where we thought the tide would come into. I get do, our toes in the water. I do remember a couple of times I was being there and the tide coming up literally got to like where my chair was, you know, the right. base of it was under the water. I but, love that feeling of like oh, scrambling yeah. around, like how far is it going to come? Is it going to stop? Right. Or are we going to have to move? <laughs> it's an exciting time. It is. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. And then I remember one of the trips where the waves really came up, you know, because there's normally not big waves there. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. But there were some good, you know, two, three foot waves. Just enough for the banana boat. I remember there being some that were close to my height. It seemed like when I was out there one time and just the body surfing was. Some oh, there of the were a couple of times that I was so happy out in the waves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Rocky that point. that was the thing. We had so much fun because <laughs> there was a little bit of wave, not enough that would, you know, crush you, but, you know, you could play. And then the pelicans diving. Do you remember mm-hmm. those? I remember there being birds out there. I don't necessarily remember pelicans. They're diving. pelicans. The were pelicans they? were were diving at the fish, and you you'd be there, you know, waiting for a wave to come in, you know, and you're kind of you turn against them and you let it hit you in the back and that kind of stuff. Well, and that's the thing about being in Mexico, and you actually go swimming in the yeah, water. You're out in the water. The water's warm enough. Yeah. But then you look up, and and these pelicans are diving down after the fish. And they would hit two or three feet away from you. It was freaky. That was always fun. Yeah, I don't remember that detail. Yeah. There's pelicans, yeah. Um, The other beach bird, the seagull. Oh, God. Yeah. The rats of the beach. Yeah. Yeah, They're not fun. (laughs) No, they're not. No. Yeah. The the caustic stuff that they spew. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) They're not even fun to look at. I mean, they're just like they're a plane not with really. white gray. I just yeah, they're pretty gross. Yeah, but that's the downside of the beach. Seagulls. Seagulls. It's about well, it. and my boys. I remember when we went to LA. You know, this is like the only time. It's weird to me that my kids have only been to the beach once, and Sylvie's never been. And just talking about going is like her first time to the beach. 
that she'll remember anyway. She was, she was young. But even when you go out on the beach and, you know, when you're there all the time, I remember going to Newport all the time and going down on the bayfront and doing, you know, you're, you get used to the smell yeah. of being down on the beach and the fish and the, you know, that comes along. It's a package deal. Oh yeah. Right. Well, they would go out there this time and they, they had no idea. And so there's kelp and seaweed and all kinds of stuff laying all over the beach and you know like you i don't want to touch that and it smells and oh yeah <laughs> all that kind of stuff and to me that just it, it doesn't even phase me at all i just love being there i just i don't know yeah. well when i was a kid georgia pacific had a plant in toledo and they would pipe out some of the uh plant waste if you will out into the ocean and what would happen is that the tides would bring it in and it would come in in this in in the form of a brown foam foam yeah beach foam and not yeah and not the nice beach foam yeah. or the ocean foam you know that's white and fluffy this was brown and it stunk okay. so bad sounds very environmental oh, friendly it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's back in the period of the time when, you know, a lot of plants and factories were dumping things into rivers and yeah, it was pretty bad. But I remember some days you just, you couldn't stand it. You know, you'd have to close up the house and our house pretty much almost every day, the back door was open and the back door faced away from the ocean, but that's just the way our house was, Yeah, you know, cause you know, Again, we were right on the beach, and the average temperature was about 65 to 68 degrees. Whether it was summer, winter, it didn't matter. It was just like that temperature all the time. Yeah. But, you know, the only time we'd close things up is, is when that GP foam was coming in, and that was just horrible. Gross. Yeah, well, it's interesting when that's your reality, and it's just open every day. I mean, how much did you appreciate that when you were that age? You know, like talking to Sylvie about the beach the other day, she was just, it completely blew her mind that your backyard was the ocean. Yeah. You know, yeah. I told her, I was like, you opened up his backyard and it was literally the ocean right there. And her eyes were just saucers, you know, <laughs> she just can't even, she has no idea what that would be like. Well, and it really was amazing because it's, you're just, you know, it's always different, you know, it's where, where you live, like right here where we are. Okay. So you're looking around the neighborhood's always the same. Cars are different once in a while, right? but it's always the same. Right. Well, you know, looking out our, our windows, you know, the ocean, the tide would come in, it would go out. It, the tide was always different. What was on the beach was different. And then, of course, the sunsets and the clouds and, and all of the things that you see. It was just truly amazing. Well, I feel like I grew up with that as well. I was at yeah. the beach every year, for, you know, when I was a child. And I, I know what that feels like to look out and just in awe of the beach. And that's, I mean, that's where my love of the beach comes from, is just spending so much time there when I was little. I but do remember that, that awe feeling, you know, being in Grandma's house and... You know, you just walk into the living room and you're like, oh, there's him just in a house. And then you look out and you're like, whoa. And I just, it, for me, just not being used to it, it just, it's a little bit of a shock factor. You look out and you're just not 
not thinking that that's what's going to be there. And then again, it's just, it's so different or it's so unique and it's so beautiful that it just kind of makes you stop there for a second and be like, appreciate it. Exactly. Yeah. Every time you walk by, it's just, you have to watch and see, you know, it's not, it's not just like a painting where it's the same every time when you walk by, you've got to stand there for a minute and watch what's happening to be able to fully appreciate what's different about it each time, you know, is the tide coming in? Is it going out? Is that, you know, what's, what's actually happening? And it's, it's like a slow motion painting almost. You have to take a good 10 minutes to sit there and really truly see what's happening. Yeah. The, the size of the waves, it was always different. I, yeah. You know, growing up, there was just, it was always different. Now, Oregon, I don't, it's not very known for big waves. Did you, was there oh, often there, big waves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There were times, I mean, not like, you know, the Hawaii pipeline. Yeah. I'm thinking like know, surfing, 80, 80 like foot you, wave, yeah. that kind of thing. Because that has so much to do with, with the, the terrain and, right? Right. You know, under the surf. Right. Exactly. Uh, how the land is because Oregon, angled and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. It pushes the waves up. Right. But, I mean, there were seriously times where, you know, the waves seemed to go, you know, for 150 yards into the ocean, white caps, you know, I mean, just yeah. breaking waves that were, you know, 8, 10, 12 feet, but you build those up and you've got 20 of them. You well, know, and it's, it's pretty a different, amazing. different experience and like crystal clear blue water and blue skies and things like that you know when you see turbulence and waves in Oregon it's it's gray skies yeah. it it's it's a whole experience it's a whole feeling and and we talk there. about the look of it you know but like the sound of those waves breaking and just the the feel you get and you know I don't know for me that was there was one trip that I took to the beach it was a night trip for some strange reason living in Eugene I decided that I was going to go see the beach and that's a I be- thing. I by believe the way. it was by myself. It was an hour away. You know, I did that night trip. You just leave in the middle of the yeah. night and go. Yeah. I just went over there and I hadn't been to the beach in a long time. I think I went with actually one other person. I couldn't recall who it was, but road trip, right? Just decided to go. And when we got, uh, to the beach, it was the first thing that obviously is, is the sound. I mean, I couldn't, it was pitch black. I couldn't, see the beach and even then i would you know went to the beach and um you know stand on the sand and you really can't see anything at that point either so it was just really the sound resonated with me and brought me to that moment brought me to where i was absolutely just as much as going and seeing it well and almost as much as a smell it's all Mm -hmm. it's all kind of tied into one and that's interesting that you say at night that you can't actually see it because you can most definitely smell but then also that sound of the waves you know since I don't go to the beach very often there's times where with social media and um (laughs) we're dealing with the fire at the moment there's uh maintenance for this type of ambiance out here yes (laughs) like ash in the beard and our fire guy called out today, so we had to improvise and we're attending to it no, the best we can. No, it's nice out here. I like it. Another th- another thing about being out at the beach and, and kind of I touched on, you know, weather being part of that and wind and, and things like that. One of my most memorable trips to the beach, and this probably happened more than once, but um, when you go to the beach in Oregon and it's windy, uh, you are pelted with sand yeah 
Which so what's that, that? that's windy that soft sand that you were talking day. about. Yeah, it's, it's windy every day. It is windy every day. But I'm talking about There's, insane wind where you're getting it in your eyes. You're getting it, it on your face. That and you're it out hurts. there. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. You you can't you can't go to the beach every day in Oregon. I mean, honestly, you can go in the morning. You have to be an early riser. And yeah, that's that when sense. the beach combing you know, a lot of people do. They get up early. And they go to the beach because by 11 o'clock in the afternoon, the wind's blowing. And it's not fun. Yeah. No, it's not enjoyable. Again, beach combing is when you take a comb to the sand, right? Exactly. And you're you're combing. Yeah, almost like a rake-sized comb. And you're up there, you know, just literally Just making sure I remember what you were talking about. Rows of shells. But yeah, I just... You know, growing up on the beach, there's it's a it's a unique experience because there's other things like you, you're talking about. You know, the wind blows and sand is everywhere, and so you can find a little you know pile of sand in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I had some of my toys when I was a kid that would rust in my room because the the salt air just gets everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, weather isn't it a like cars and houses and things like that have unique issues up in Oregon. Oh, everything rusts because of the yeah. salt air. So, yeah, it's it's funny living here in the desert now where nothing rusts. And nothing gets stale or moldy. Oh, yeah, you can leave a, a you know, a, a bowl of potato chips out on the counter for a week. For, and, yeah, and days. And there's, there's still... There's no issue. There's I remember snaps. in Oregon, we'd have a party and, and people are like, cover up the chips. Yeah. They, they're going to get stale. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happens so fast. You know, I just remember that every car would rust. So if you have a car for two or three years, you know, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really made it last. It, it just, it was horrible. Mufflers. You know, you'd have to replace the muffler in your car. And, you know, virtually every year, maybe two years. I have the truck sitting right here, you know, which I've had, uh, what now, 15 years? Oh, yeah. An original muffler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no replacing mufflers in Arizona. Yeah. No, there's definitely unique stuff to living in Arizona, you know, and just my kids don't wear actual clothes. They wear summer clothes and flip-flops. All the time. All year. You yeah. Know? And yeah, it's definitely a... So there's some pluses and minuses to being at the beach. It's not all it's, fun and daisies. No. Yeah, it, right. It, you know, and it's funny. When I moved away from the beach, I was so glad to get away from it. And yeah. then I moved away from Oregon for the sunshine, which, again, you know, I, I couldn't go back and live. But there's a draw now that I'm at this point in my life that, you know, I remember my grandparents, you know, my grandmother my mom's mom, you know, and, and putting on a, a heavy coat and, you know, taking these walks down towards the jetty, down to the beach. And there's a bit of a draw, you know, makes me want to go back. Well, and I'm happy to hear that because I know for a little while there wasn't necessarily. There wasn't for a long time. Yeah. I had no interest. You know, I didn't want to go back. But there's it always, it always feels like home for me. I mean, I grew up is. there and, and I've officially lived in Arizona more years than I lived in Oregon. Yeah. But Oregon's home. Yeah. For sure. Well, and Newport for me. Yeah. You know, from the time from first grade through high school. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm Newport is, is home. And there is a draw, 
you know, to go back, but I want to go back during a storm. Yeah, right. You know, the negative thing for me about where I grew up and, and with Newport is that it's so bland. You know, like I said, it's 65 to 69 degrees, you know, 300 days a year at least. There's not any extremes. You know, it's hard to spend a lot of time on the beach, especially, you know, if you have a life, you know, if you're going to school or if you have a job, you know, but if you're retired and you don't have anything to do, then you can go whenever. Absolutely. That's such a good point that you lived there when you were going to school and, and through your youth that... You know, it would be a completely different experience living there retired. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sad a little bit that I don't have access to the beach regularly for myself and for my family. You know, um, you know, my, my backyard right now is just a big pile of rocks and there's not any trees or any, anything for my kids to talk about. So I talk about my backyard when when i was younger and how it was like a forest yeah and you could and you have just tree forts and all these different kinds of things and you know especially max is like god mom that sounds amazing i want to go do that climb all those trees well max can't do what i did and and run away as a kid and build a house in the bush in the backyard no, because it's just, it's desert here. Yeah. I've never been a huge fan of the terrain here. But yeah. I mean, just like you said, the sunshine is something that is just irreplaceable. You know, like living with sunshine every single day after living in someplace like Oregon, where it's gray and rainy every day, even if the sun peaks out, the summers are still rainy and gray every day. Yeah. And it's just, it's something that you can't, you can't give up once you've experienced sunshine every day of your life. Honestly, that's that's the case. You it's know, pure and, happiness. And I've I've tried to explain to people what it was like when the sun would come out and you felt like you needed to take your shirt off and lay out someplace because there was such a limited amount of time that you had the sun's rays. You needed yeah. to soak that, it in that, as much that as you possible. had to. Yeah. You know, and if you didn't, you were wasting your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you there you couldn't have any color. Yeah, at all if yeah. you didn't. I still can't. <laughs> right. No, I don't either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and I both. Yeah, it was, yeah. it's ingrained in Lobsters. our DNA. Yeah, and that's you know that's always the conversation down here with people is oh I love the rain. That's because it doesn't rain. Yeah. Right. People have no idea. I I can't tell you how many times when I tell people that I'm from Oregon, like, why would you ever move? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been asked that so many times where you have to explain, okay, you know, like the beautiful mountains and the beautiful plants and everything are there for a reason. Well, the, the grass is always greener. Right. You That's, know, yeah, right. absolutely the, true. The gloom. And, you know, the one thing that I remember a lot uh, getting back to the beach is the fog. Yes. Peace the fog would roll in. And again, yeah. our house is right on the beach, so so often the fog would roll in just past our house, right out to the street. Oh, that's so, cool. It, no, it <laughs> no. wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, well, it didn't get to you, so you could see it in the distance. No, 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 no. no past covered, our house. They covered oh, their house. Cover your house because the, the street. street. There was oh, no street between gotcha. us and the ocean. Right. You know? Yeah, your backyard was right. just right there. Yeah. So if it went to the street, that meant it covered our house. 
you go to the other side of town, you know, which is two miles. Newport's a small town. And, you know, you might, it might be 75, 80 degrees. But at our house, it was foggy and 63 degrees. Yeah. All summer. Terrible. Yeah. Fog, yeah, fog is kid, cool, though. I like, I like, I like fog, fog, too. The but. other day, it was, it was foggy here. It was very foggy in the morning, and it was uh, it was strange. I didn't expect it, but it was super fun, super cool. I don't know. Foggy in Arizona? Okay. I, don't I say think fun, I've ever but seen I, I literally just drove to work in it, and that yeah. was it. I just, I saw, like, <laughs> and the, which is not fun. Adam went dancing. Okay, so so here's the thing. You know, fog, it's like snow. It's fun if you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. But yeah. I remember one night I was a senior in high school and Bonnie got a call from her sister Lola and they were in Coos Bay. I remember this. 90 miles and they'd run out of money and run out of gas coming from California. And so that's back in the day that you don't just transfer funds. Oh no. You don't do anything. There's, you know, this is, you, you know, go 19, save them or they're going to die. 19 <laughs> This is 1970. So you got to go get them. You got to go take them money. Right. And that night was so foggy, and I drove for 90 miles. On the Oregon coast, right? On the Oregon coast. Which is super windy roads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's just forest. And I remember, and and here's the thing about driving in fog, is that you can't focus your eyes. No. Because everything's blurry, you know, so you can't really focus. And I remember getting to the bridge that goes uh, over Coos Bay, down into the city of Coos Bay, and out of the fog are these big pillars that are on either side of the bridge. And I just, I, I'll never forget the feeling that I didn't know if I was driving at them or not. I just, I, your depth perception is totally gone. Right. Yeah. And I basically pointed the car to the middle of the road because it's a two lane highway. Yeah. So I'm straddling that, that yellow line to well, make that's sure all you can do. I don't hit something. Watch oh the line. That's all you do when you drive in the and fog. And we, we drove into town and we found them. They were sitting at a diner. And it took me 30 minutes before my depth perception and, back and vision really came back to the point where I felt safe in getting in the car and driving back. Yeah. And it's funny that you compare that to driving in the snow because that's exactly how it feels to drive in, in a snowstorm. We did that in Denver when we were there one time. And <clears throat> you can't see anything. You can't see the road. You can't see the banks of the road. You can't see anything. You don't even see the lines on the road. At least when you're driving in fog, you can focus on the lines of the road to know that you're in the right spot. Well, the fog, yeah, there's a fog line, you know, on on the right-hand side. Yeah. And uh, the only other, the the most bizarre fog story I have is one Friday night when I was in high school, the fog kind of came in, but it was basically about 10 feet in the air. So it looked like the world had a ceiling. That's super weird. So you could see totally fine and drive around. And we were out, you know, being my friends, hanging out, you know, Michelos Pizza Parlor and the A&W and all the stuff that we did. But it looked like the world had a ceiling. So like the street lights were up in the fog. Yeah. But that's oh, so weird. That is weird. So you're, you're the lights of your car you know, would shine, uh, you know, ahead, but it, 
was and like it illuminate. they were they were inside a room and shining on the ceiling. That's yeah. So, so what's the difference? Like, there's fog lights on cars. Right. Right. So I don't. Fog lights are pointed down. I don't ever use Mainly. fog lights. Yeah. No, you wouldn't in Arizona Here. because yeah. it's Adam's story about driving to work in fog is the first fog story I've ever heard about. Is it Arizona. ever heard yeah. about Absolutely. fog yeah, in no. Arizona? No, fog lights, they're just pointed down and not out. So it's not like pointing out into the fog, which then illuminates like, it and makes it more blurry in your eyes. And it's yeah. harder to see really where fog lights pointing down will illuminate those lines you're talking about. Yeah. So, hmm. right. Yeah. If you're driving in fog, you don't want your high beams on. Yeah. It's harder right, to see. It's worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a couple of other more fun things. We can go back to fun, I guess, when it comes to the beach at this point. Um, fun. I love fun. Fun. So Let's talk about fun. Fun things to do at the beach. How about kite flying? We've talked about mm. the wind and, and the negative effect of it sometimes, but it's the ideal spot for a kite. I oh, mean, yeah. I have... I have memories of going down on the bayfront and there's this big uh, dock that you walk to the end of and there's a kite shop upstairs and an ice cream shop downstairs yeah. and you walk to the end of the little pier and there's always seals down yeah. underneath that are barking sea, sea lions and, and stuff. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and you, yeah, you can fly a kite anytime out oh, of the yeah. beach in Oregon. That's, that's something. And then there's the, you know, there's the amateurs that'll go out there and kind of get it up a little bit. And then there's people that are out there that really know what they're doing and they can keep a kite up in the air for hours oh, and it's well, a yeah. mile up in the air. But like, I mean, that doesn't really, I mean, yeah, you say it like that, but I mean, being an amateur kite flyer myself, <laughs> I understand that, you know, there's times where you lose control. Yeah. And nose dives. And, and well, no, no, no. So it's up in the air, and all of a sudden, it's just unreeling off my thing. Oh. I'm just, I'm losing strength. <laughs> You've got that mile I don't know high. What's going. Oh my God, it's just going. It keeps going. And then, you know, so it doesn't necessarily have to be skilled to get it up that high, right? You could, you could be an amateur and mess up, and it's just. And it's and out of control. Ends up being, yeah. No, I remember having great memories of kite flying and, and that. Yeah. That's not really something you can do here. No, not we really. We have kites in our garage with Why? high hopes. Okay. Because, yeah, like, is windy <laughs> like one day every three years? And yeah. so we go out and. And hopefully fly you're free on that one day. Actually, and you can my actually kids use will run around the backyard with a kite. And it's like, look, mom. It's up in the air. It's, it's six <laughs> inches off the ground. Yeah, exactly. If that. <laughs> Dad, do you have any kite stories? No. Cool. All right. So the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that we can, that you can do on the beach that's kind of fun. I don't, I haven't had a lot of experience with this and uh, I haven't really seen a lot of the like professional people that do this, but sand sculptures and castles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. think, I think that there's some super cool things. I mean, I think I've just built like well, a Well, Cannon Beach. But, okay. Where the rum comes from. Yeah. Uh, they have a huge uh, sand castle event every year. That's okay. That's a great perspective, Dad. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Thank God I was getting <laughs> thirsty. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's it's amazing what what they do with those. Yeah. Some of the detail and just like the, the creativity. Yeah. You know, with how they can make it seem like certain things are coming out of the ground or... We'll talk about a balance of the tides because you can't do it far enough out that it's going to get washed away, but you've got to have wet sand in order to build a sand castle. I mean, 
they could bring water to the sand. I think that's what they do. <laughs> the pros. Okay, something I used to do when I was in school, when I was a kid. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> we're just glossing no, over it. No, we're not we're glossing just, over that, okay. We're, we're, we're moving on. Wait, wait, no, no, I want to hear what she has to say. What are we, what's? Never mind. Okay. All right. They could, they can bring water. <laughs> they create that environment? Because <laughs> that was really a challenge when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so that's, so what, that, that's what makes an amateur and a professional. Exactly. Right. You okay. were, a, you were a semi-pro. Okay. I get so, it. So, right, you know, you didn't, over. you didn't have all of the, uh. We, we could have moved on without that comment, but okay. That's okay. Thanks, dad. You're welcome. <laughs> One thing that I did, and I actually built my own board at shop. We used to do something called skimboarding. Is it kind of like wakeboarding? No. Okay. Okay, so skimboarding, you would take a piece of plywood and you'd make a round disc out of five-eighths or half-inch plywood. Plywood? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And where the, the waves come in, okay, right at the last wave, right at the beach. And as it starts going out, you only have you know, like a half inch, three quarters of an inch of water, you know, so the wave comes in and it starts going out. You throw the board and it's round. So you kind of spin it and you run and jump on it and you'd skim across that little bit of water. Skimboarding. So what's wakeboarding? Wakeboarding isn't like a, like a a lake or I'm sure you could do it in the ocean, some calm water, but you want calm water and you're going to pull a, basically a someone on a surfboard a different shape surfboard it's usually like foam or something like that lighter and they get pulled behind a powerboat oh okay so and, it's pulled behind yeah and then oh, they like okay. basically go on the the, the wake gotcha behind okay. the boat that yeah. makes sense okay back to my story this is skimboarding uh, yeah skimboarding not skin boarding. you're not skinning Skin. anything okay so if you were if you were good now here was the challenge You'd spin it out in front of you. Yeah. And then you'd run and jump on it. And then eat shit. Now the challenge was Excuse me, Alex. <laughs> to to match your speed to the board. So you don't want to jump <laughs> and if you just jumped and stopped, the board would go and you'd end up on your butt. Right. Okay. Hmm. So you wanted to keep your momentum going. And so you jump on it and you hope that it's not in too shallow of water because then it would stick and you go onto your face. Yeah, you just grab it. Party. It was so good. Uh, it takes talent then. It, it you, does. You really it, have to learn how to do it. You really you do. You could call it that or you could call it luck. No, Either way. No, it's talent. Okay. It's absolute <laughs> talent. And then the real payoff was that you, you got on the board and you're skimming and you're going and then the next wave that comes in, then you'd kind of catch that and you kind of jump and you'd hit that and you'd go flying through the air. So you're like surfing on a skimboard. Exactly. Yeah. On, yeah, just a little bit of water. But yeah, yeah I used to I'm do that. I'm interested that you use plywood for this. I mean, this seems like a Yeah, because it needed to be round. logged. Yeah. Well, no, you would, you know, you'd, you'd put sealer on you'd it and stuff. you it, so it would yeah. be, yeah. But yeah, you'd, you'd throw it, and that was the reason it needed to be round, you know, as opposed to a, a board for surfing or you know, I know anything I've like never that. heard of this before. Have you ever heard of this? Skimboarding? Yeah, like these yeah, I've, round yeah, boards. I've seen really? it. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. I've I've hmm. might have done it at one point in time, but I'm pretty sure that I just didn't keep the right speed as the 
it you, thing. You kind of did the face oh, plant thing. Oh yeah, it's it's, a, it's tougher than it. About. I mean, it sounds it, tough, but it's tougher than it sounds as well. It is. Yeah. It is. It is difficult in, until you you know get used to it. Right. Yeah. So you know to keep your momentum going, and you're just you're kind of running and then jumping onto it and not landing on it as much as you know. Yeah, it sounds kind of like surfing along. Yeah, along the same lines where you've got to get the groove. Of all yeah. But yeah, that was one of the fun, fun things that I did, you know, when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, the beach, there's just so many things about the beach. Growing up on the beach, there's so many good things about it. You know, Adam was talking about earlier, the sound of the ocean. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the sound that I lived with, you know, for so many years. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I remember cracking my window every night in the yellow house on 17th street, I think that, you know, cause I was old enough to really have a good memory of it. And, and I fell asleep to the sound of rain every single night. Yeah. Was, because it rained every single it night. It rained every single night, but it was that, that was, you know, comforting to me. That was just, that was what was there. There's yeah. that sound, you know, and I guess not all places have that. I mean, what's the sound of Arizona? There is none. There is none. Yeah. No. That's interesting to think about. I never thought about it that way, that there's not really, you know, because I thought about the terrain and, you know, like it just, I'm not a big fan of the cactus everywhere. And uh, I live pretty close to a place that goes, that you can go hiking all the time and, and that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, okay, I, I live closer to this area. It's going to be easier for me to get out and go do these things. And I just, honestly, I don't. And I just, I don't have the desire to go out and walk around in the desert. And the rattlesnakes and the coyotes and the, you know, it's not even the wildlife. It's just, it's, it's almost, I mean, part of it is not really knowing what to do in those situations. Yeah. You know, like I'm completely comfortable, even though it's been 19 years since I lived in Oregon, going up Spencer's Butte or, you know, Skinner's, Spencer's Butte is the one that's up in the forest. And, you know, you walk up and I know what I'll encounter. I'm Yeah, you get face to face with Bambi. You're not going to be freaking out, you know? Yeah, there's squirrels and there's deer. No, and yeah, there's... you trip and fall into moss. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Like, I just, I'm completely comfortable. I would go, I feel like I would go hiking all the time if that was my backyard. If that's where I was able to be 10 minutes away from. Yeah, no. But no, and you're right. The grass is all gr- always greener, like you said. You know, like well, you've we have never family. really been a hiker. No, but there's you know, and there's family that lives up there. That's it. The reality of it is that it rains every single day. Yeah. So unless you want to go tromp around in the rain, you're yeah. not going to go hiking every day. No, I like hiking in the like foresty areas because there's more places to just go and stop real quick and then have a little smoke. Yeah, and I used to actually go, go hiking regularly you know like i would go up to spencer's butte all the time well that was because you couldn't smoke at home yeah well and driving around (laughs) everywhere and yeah i mean that was like i feel like we're getting a little bit off that where's the beach yeah i don't know spencer's butte i think we're we're talking about hiking in the beach possibly yeah yeah there is that well the beach is is it, it can be a pleasant place it can be uh an unforgiving place it can be uh something that eventually you learn to hate but that's an iconic place i don't think you ever learn to hate it Mm. i think that's pretty strong yeah okay well there were a few years but you can get tired of it 
Yeah, there you go. right. Okay, so yeah, I, w- I was going to say there's a few years that we you had no interest in being anywhere near the beach and having grown yeah. up there, it's, you know, even for me, I didn't grow up on the beach, but it still felt like home for me. Yeah. You know, even through those years. So honestly, okay, um, the beach, I'm sure that there'll be more conversations that we have in the future about the beach because there's other people that are uh, interested in talking about it and their perspectives. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think, uh, I think we're done for tonight. I think we've exhausted the beach. No, I think we've exhausted ourselves talking (laughs) about the beach and anybody else listening. (laughs) So Marie, thank you very much for, coming over and hanging out by the fire with us. Absolutely. The ambiance is, is unforgettable. It's Thank real. You for having me. Yeah, it was fun. Appreciate it, guys. And if you guys want, there's going to be more perspectives later. of today point them out to me so i can come and join their rate we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand this progression we have at hand humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest make conference then love our best our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines our love that makes no sense we who spend love at no expense we are a force of passion creating a new faction taking action working hard just for the satisfactions with the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight because our light is in their eyes